Bookworms Horror Podcast is sponsored by Creepy Crate. Creepy Crate is a horror and true crime subscription box filled with spooky collectibles, macabre accessories, and terrifying goodies. Each bi-monthly box is filled with over $85 of terror and includes at least one horror or true crime book. This box delivers dread to your doorstep for just $39.99 with free shipping. Go to creepycrate.store to subscribe. Use the code bookworm5 at checkout to get $5 off your subscription. That's bookworm5 for $5 off your subscription. And now to the show. Welcome to Bookworm's Horror, the podcast that offers you tips on writing, especially in the horror genre. My name is James Zipliti. I am the host of the Real Demons of Pop Culture podcast. This week's episode is all about an American werewolf in London and the story of werewolves. If you haven't yet picked up Bookworm's Horror Zine, you can get it in the Etsy link in the show notes. There are only a very little amount of issue one, the premiere issue left at a discount at $5 with free shipping. But issue two is still available, so go to the show notes, check it out. In this week's episode of Bookworms Horror, I talked to Regina about our inner critics and trolls. This is part one because we had a lot of things to say. Next week, we'll have part two. Regina is a Wadi Award winner for Best Horror Novel, as well as multiple screenwriting awards, including a Webby honoree. Regina is also the contributing editor of the best-selling Local Haunts, a horror tube anthology. Find Regina and her alter ego, Batilda, at her booktube channel, Regina's Haunted Library, and on her blog, rstclair.com. Regina and myself are the editors of the Bookworms Horror Zine, and since we're seeking great horror fiction for bookworms, we created this weekly podcast to offer writers quick tips on writing for the genre. Find all our links in the show notes. Now let's jump into my conversation with Regina as she speaks with me from her haunted library. So this week, we're going to talk about the inner critic. I call it your inner Karen. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for anyone named Karen. Yeah, I thought about that yesterday, but I'm like, eh, I don't care. I really don't feel <laughs> bad for them. Uh, <laughs> there probably are a Karen if their name's Karen. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully that was a, that was a, a popular name when I was a kid. So yeah, Karen I Black. Yeah, I doubt if anyone's Karen naming their, their kid Karen anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. The inner critic were social creatures, and if you did something that was not really good for the tribe, they're going to say, you're not welcome here. And so that's a lot of times we get these thoughts that are coming up, and you want to belong, and so the thought kind of tries to save you from humiliation or from uh, or any Or from kind death, of, if you go back death. to like our, our DNA. Yep. So it's there for a reason, but the majority of times it's something you have to shut up because it's not going to work. So you have an inner critic. We all have inner critics. So Regina, 
do you name your inner critic? Do you have a like a way of dealing with the inner critic? No, I should I should give her or him a name. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it's actually a strategy people use because normally you hear stuff like you just suck. But mm-hmm. if you are talking to the inner critic as a separate person, you're e- it's easier to say, no, we're not talking right now. Yes, as opposed I- to looking at it as your voice. Yes, and I, I think being in uh, many years of therapy really helped me to identify the inner critic, which was really my parents' voice, voices. That's, yeah, that's actually um, true for almost everyone. Yes. So, I then I it, it internalized. Can't talk. I I internalized my, let's say my mother's, who was very critical, her voice. And, you know, and it's very, it's very destructive. I mean, sorry, mom, but that's just, <laughs> there were, I mean, there were good things about my upbringing, but it was very strict and very old fashioned, very patriarchal Catholic upbringing. And there are things about it that I value now, a lot of things. That, so I think it's important to also see the good, but there was a lot of criticism that I took on to a very unhealthy degree. And that's also my personality being highly sensitive, let's say, where maybe someone else would just like brush it off. I, for for example, I used to get so, my father would always brag that I had perfect teeth and I didn't have any cavities. It was a source of pride. And then when I got my first cavity, Mm. I literally, like when, I don't know how old I was, uh, I don't know, seven, seven, eight, eight years old. I literally went into like a complete meltdown panic thinking that I wasn't going to be loved anymore. You know, it's that Mm. kind of thing. Like if I weren't, if I didn't have perfect teeth, like, because he, you know, it's an obvious story, but that just shows the child, the child's mind doesn't reason in the same way adults mind thinks about it. So I had to really unpack a lot of that just in my personal life. So I'm pretty aware of the sound of that critic voice. Not to say it doesn't catch me off guard sometimes because it still does, but I'm, I can identify it a lot better now than I used to be able to. Instead of thinking this is reality or, or this is me, it's like, no, it's a voice and I can separate myself from it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Has using social media ever influenced that voice like there was um an artist on the new instagram threads who was like i'm turning off comments and and i was curious so i went and looked at the artwork and like beautiful artwork Mm -hmm. and this person just got torn apart oh wow crying and and you know they they were mocking like people were being so mean and it's the same trolls that have no picture and they're like they're, they have no name it's like user seven five four three two one right when you started using the internet to promote yourself was that difficult not techno technologically i'm saying like in yes and i i think that we've all been now molded by that back and forth exchange where I am I don't feel like I open up on the internet anywhere near where I 
I used to when I was first using <laughs> it. I remember posting long confessional Facebook posts, and I would get a lot of crap for it. And then it would be like, why am I being so honest? This isn't working. Okay, I'm just going to hardly post anything now or just post things that are very surface and this is what I'm doing. I don't bare my soul, which probably isn't a good idea anyway to be an oversharer. Well, it's sad because some of these social media gurus or whoever they are who like want to preach it, they're all like, oh, your audience needs to know the real you and you got to be uh, authentic. And yes, that's true. I don't think you need to bare your soul. I think obviously people want authenticity, but they don't need you opening all your wounds. No, and, nor, and they probably don't want. Exactly. It's not healthy. I think, and just my theory, is save that for your work. Yes. Save that for your creativity. And if you need to hide behind a pen name or a character, you know, that's perfectly valid. And that's what the creative process is all about. The creativity is all about expressing your your thoughts, your feelings in a way that people can relate to it on some level and get something from it. You don't have to do that in a personal way. I mean, you can, but I've, I learned that it's probably not the best idea. And I'm okay with keeping my personal stuff to myself and inflict it on my loved ones and that kind of thing. Yeah, I believe social media exasperates the inner voice to the point where it it gets louder. And mm. and because of the 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 wanting of likes and views that if you post something and I'll tell you, I have been doing this long enough to know that none of it really matters. I literally put stuff out there that I think I put time into. I thought it was a very good post and, and I get a couple views. Mm. The most popular thing I ever posted, it was on TikTok and I didn't say a word. I was just doing a reaction of just listening to another video and literally over a million views. Wow. <laughs> and I did amazing. nothing. I literally did no work for that. And it, well, there's no there rhyme or reason to it. And also, do I want, you don't change, like you're not all of a sudden an overnight success. But I think the inner voice is looking at it and saying, if you're not getting views, you suck or you didn't do a good job. If you are getting views, then you might say, oh my God, I'm, you know, and you're going to start taking off. It, it doesn't work. None of it works like that. And so my my way of dealing with the inner voice is, well, meditation, actually. I've started okay. doing that, and it's been really working well um, because you're able to recognize when your mind starts to wander and bring it right back. And that has been something I've been doing for a few weeks now, and I'm seeing the benefits. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but I know now that with social media, I create a post and I'm not online. I create it, I put it up and I go turn off it and go about my business and let I, it let it do its thing. I think that's the healthiest way to There's do no, it. No, yeah. The other ways are so unhealthy. And yes, I also think 
that you can schedule time to go on. Here's there's a danger here. Like I do like to interact with people. Mm-hmm. But if you look at your comments, you may see something that upsets you. Yes. I mean, having a YouTube channel, I, I've gotten, it's interesting if I really look, I don't, I, I honestly don't look at my, I notice if I reach like another thousand subscribers, like I'm inching my way towards 4,000 subscribers, which I'm like, woohoo, you know? Yeah, it's very but, good. But, and I do read my comments and I do usually respond and I'm pretty, pretty lucky, which I, I haven't gotten too many mean or troll kind of comments. But if I were to just chase my highest views, I don't think I would be happy doing that. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you chase your highest views, then everything that isn't that is going to bring you down. Yes. And and, and I've seen people's channels grow really rapidly because they're chasing trends and that's their choice. But I'm happy doing my channel where I'm just doing videos about the weird stuff that I like. And I'm thrilled when people like it too. And we right. can, we can bond over some obscure VC Andrews series from the nineties, you know, like nerdy stuff like that is, is a lot more fun than if I were to do something that would be more popular. Cause that wouldn't be me. That might work for another creator. But that's not, I've never been popular. <laughs> so to start, <laughs> to start trying to be popular now would be a little silly. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed is when a creator looks at the comments, the one that sticks out is the one that's being mean. Mm. And that could be one. And maybe there's 900 comments and one or two are, are negative. They're the ones that we're focusing on. And that doesn't make any sense. Like, there are 898 other amazing comments and we're just looking at this one and using that. And you know what the problem is, is that a lot of these comments are talking to that inner voice. Yes. I was just saying, going to say that that's, that, yep. And it's that's saying, the inner voice. See what I mean? See, the people are seeing it. They see you as a fraud. They see you suck. And, uh -huh. and, and that's why we focus on it. And it's like, no, first of all, these people just get a rise out of getting people upset. Mm -hmm. They're like, uh, what's the line? They just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of trolls that are bothering you. You just got to not. To me, it doesn't bother me. I had someone recently. I think it bothers me because I'm trying to do something positive with my posts that I do where they're inspirational. And somebody just like came on and was like really like mean about it like yeah saying oh you're like like calling me like a sort of like a cult leader or something like that uh, not really that but that that, to that could effect. be a compliment <laughs> well i said i said i i was like it it hit and i just threw the insult back uh, but you, you think about it though if, if you think about when you get a troll comment think about the the place that you were in emotionally when you would even have the, the notion to go to someone else's page and leave a message like that. You know, it's, it means that you're in a very low place. Thank you for tuning in to the Bookworms Horror Podcast. All our links are in the show notes. We'll be back next week.
with a new episode. Bookworms is a Gorilla Delphia production. Yeah!